Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the very first, if you couldn't tell, live recap of Salt Lake City here on She Speaks Bravo. <sighs> I've, I, I've, I'm always so adverse to doing lives to record live. Um, but the, but it's, it, people love it, but I mess up and stuff and I get, I get, uh, scared that you're going to see the kinks, but you know what? Whatever. Okay. Not a big deal anymore. Let me say hi to everybody who's in here. Jerrica. Hi. Shady B. I love that. Elizabeth. I think I already said hi, but in case I didn't, hi. Nisha. Hi again. Kelly. Hi. That is so fun. Yes, you don't have to work on doing. I'm I'm trying to do all these lives for the YouTube and the. Oh, I forgot to stream on TikTok. <laughs> That'll be next week. <laughs> That'll be next week. Hi, hi. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start doing these lives every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at three o'clock. I'm going to do uh, Potomac on Monday. And I'm going to do Salt Lake City on Wednesday. And then Fridays, I'm introducing like a roundup. I'm calling it a Friday freestyle just because I, I don't really know exactly what we'll cover and what it will be. Because it, it I'm thinking it'll be like anything I missed during the week or didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be putting up polls in my on my IG and on my TikTok to see. And, and I can put it up on YouTube too to see if there's anything specific I missed. Uh, but that's like a kind of good catch-all for everything. So, all right. I want to start though today. I know we're ready for Salt Lake City, but I want to start with the Lindsay Hubbard on Nick Vial. Vial? Vial. It's got to be the Vial. I don't know if these are going to be considered hot takes or not because I never really know where people land with Lindsay. But Okay, so I'm just going to start. The world found out within 30 minutes of it going down. That fact really just shocks me to no end. It Like, I can't imagine having Carl set up, have the cameras present and ready to go. And then you go to your friend's house to escape and 30 minutes it's in the, it's in the press. Oh, that's intense. That, um... It could have been anybody though. I heard it from, I heard it from like an inside source that told me like, don't say anything. And then I swear to God, within 10 minutes, it was all over Instagram. So that's, it, it could have even been someone from Lindsay's camp. Cause I heard it from someone who was close to Lindsay allegedly. Um, so I don't know, but she said she created a war room in her apartment because paps were camped in front of her apartment. Paparazzi are so crazy. Okay. Um, she had best friends setting up conference calls to fill each other in. And they were like, just analyzing what happened. Now you see Danielle has done many interviews since this is all broke. And she has said herself that she was surprised by the breakup, which leads me to believe that even though we're getting from Basically, you know, the guys like Kyle and, and Craig, 
that once we see the season, we'll understand, we'll get why this happened. It'll be less, I think if you guys are here and you know me by now, you know that I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the most perfect couple. I had all kinds of red flags going, waving in the air with Lindsay and Carl. But, you know, so did Danielle. And Danielle was surprised by the breakup. So whatever was happening during this past summer wasn't something that was out of the ordinary for the relationship and therefore worth this. Okay. Nick says, so Carl really did this on camera without giving you any heads up whatsoever. She says, ultimate blind side of the year. No indication that he was having second thoughts. She says that they started couples therapy a year into dating. Carl was unhappy at Loverboy. The honeymoon phase wore off. The beginning was exciting. I fell in love with my best friend. But then a lot of people are in your ear, which I think is something I want to talk about in a second. Nick asks if they had conversations about like, what is the TV us that we talk about? What's the real us? And Lindsay says, I'm the same on and off camera. I always step in shit every season and create drama on accident. Nick says, so nothing is off limits. And Lindsay says, no, nothing. Now, I disagree with that because I actually was confused by the way they handled um, the fight where Lindsay was yelling at him in the bed and it was that creepy like black light. I hate when they show that. It's so weird. And they're fighting and she's like, you need to go in there. You need to tell whatever. And it was very evident that Carl couldn't handle Lindsay at her peak Lindsay. And also that Lindsay had yet again, some anger moments that needed to be addressed and possibly apologized for, et cetera. But we didn't get any of the makeup. The next day it was just, we're fine. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to have that conversation on camera. So it did feel like there was, there were limits, you know, it, it felt like that to me. And when she said a lot of people are in your ear, I don't like, I think she's in, is she insinuating it's someone specific? I don't know. Um, so Lindsay's had more experience though. This is very, very true. Being in relationships on camera than Carl. <laughs> That's very accurate. She came into a relationship, she came into the show with Everett and then, uh, there's just been a series of men ever since, um, and Carl has only really just been a fuck boy. And then he had that one, remember that one random chick he brought around who was like also on Love Island or Love is Blind or something or Bachelor. I don't know, but she was kind of like just trying to get camera time. Uh, the only things that were too, that were off limits were things that were like intimate, she says, you know, like intimate stuff. And then Nick throws out one of two times he's going to throw this out. He throws out the hypothetical of Carl not being able to perform. And it's not like he would throw that out without any contact, without any information. You know, I, I was like, okay, okay, buddy. <sighs> Nick says that she had an authentic relationship on camera. He's like, so you did. She says, I did. But Carl had never experienced having to stick up for his girl before, and that's what was happening last season. And Lindsay explains how, like, Kyle and Craig would come for her and the girls would come for her, and Carl didn't have the tools to know that it was his job to stand up for her and protect her. It's very Tom Schwartz adjacent. It's very Tom Schwartz coded. You know what I mean? It's like 
Tom Schwartz, I think it's become very clear now that they now that the way I see the way that he kind of longs for Katie Maloney, but didn't like Katie Maloney. Like Carl just wants to maybe be liked by everyone and dating Lindsay. That's really not your ticket to that in that house. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of the most polarizing one of all of them. Like a page maybe because she's in with all the girls. But for if you're going to go with Lindsay, she's going to have moments where she's going to need you to back her up. And Carl has never been that guy. And Lindsay was ignoring that. And I get why. I would, like, as you guys know, my track record is horrendous when it comes to uh, men. But I, she was ignoring that she was trying to she was trying to get Carl to be someone he really just isn't capable of because he's kind of a pussy. He is. He's like a little and it's proven with what she talks about here. Lindsay says that she helped him get through his. OK, this is something I do this. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. But she keeps framing the time that she got. That she stopped drinking. She keeps framing it like I was helping him get to his sober year, his year date. And I still stand by and I, I think I'm correct because she kind of talked herself into a corner with me and my DMs and realized like I might be onto something. Carl didn't have the language to tell her, I don't like when you drink because it's hard for me, but I don't know how to say that to you. So I'm going to say I'm struggling and it, it kind of could have been a test, if you will, to see how she handled it. And she handled it the right way. She said, let's fucking do it together then. And that way he wasn't in trouble for, like, he didn't get her mad. And then he also got what he wanted. So it was kind of a good solution. But I really don't think it was purely like, yeah, I just need the help. I really don't think he liked Lindsay when she was drinking. Because there were stories that Kyle has told and that Danielle has told about Lindsay getting too drunk and emotional. And Lindsay doesn't like taking accountability for those moments because even when she came, I know I tell, I think I tell this story too many times and I'm sorry for those of you who've heard it forever, but I posted something about how Lindsay's, I posted basically this theory, not in it's not this detailed, but I posted this theory and Lindsay came into my DMs and was like, wrong again, sis. Cause I had said something else she didn't like. And she was like, I had done Watch What Happens Live with Austin. And yeah, I was in my feelings and I was yelling and it was just too much emotion for Carl. And that's all that was. Yes, I'd had some drinks. And then she says, but Carl never had a conversation with me specifically about that, about wanting um, me to stop drinking. And I presented the idea to her in the DMs. Like, I think it sounds like he didn't have the language to tell you that that's what he was hoped that he doesn't like you drinking. And that was said. In a, I mean, I, on my Patreon, I read the whole thing and it's entirely and it's unhinged. But um, I wrote like a big, long thing. And her reply to me was, wow, you make some good points. I need to respond to this thoughtfully, but I've got a friend over. Let me get back to you. She never did, but. Regardless, I still kind of stand by that. And this is where with Lindsay, she hasn't, she still hasn't like searched inside for her role enough. I think she's very much afraid of hearing that she's definitely a problematic drinker because when she gets drunk and gets mad, it's like a notorious thing. Oh, here we go. Lindsay's doing it again. Like when she was on Winter House and wasn't drinking, they were trying, remember they're trying to like bait her into getting in a huge fight with Austin and stuff. And she just wouldn't because she's like, 
I'm not drunk. So there was, there's that still happening. Okay. Nick asked if they were in couples therapy when he broke up with her. Lindsay's like, we were supposed to go that day. Nick says, so you're in couples therapy and you still have no idea that he's going through anything. And I liked this line of questioning because it's like, you had to have known something, but really, honestly, therapy is great and it's important and they should have been in it regardless. But Lindsay says he gave no indication that would have alluded to, quote, I'm having cold feet or I'm having second thoughts. He had, and also this is true. He had just been like all doty on Instagram, like, oh my God, I can't wait to marry you in a hundred days. And he surprised her at her bridal shower and he was really doing it up. So Lindsay says she replays the conversations that they had and tries to figure out if he was trying to say something, but I quote, why would I assume that he's trying? That's what he's trying to say. I don't know if I'm about to marry someone if like I'm engaged to someone and we're really, really fighting a lot leading up to the, um, the day, I just feel like I would be like asking, like, do you want to call off the wedding? That would, I just, it would feel like, like that, but maybe that's why Lindsay is more successful in life than I am. I'm paranoid. And I'm like filling in the blanks before someone can even say it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, do you want to break up with me? They're like, I literally asked what you wanted for dinner. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure. Sorry. Wait, what? My key to surviving BravoCon, microdosing. I have heard people talk about microdosing for forever. And I've been like, what is the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. Microdose gummies, they're three milligrams each. During the day, I would take the sativa ones. They were so good. They tasted like orange creamsicle. I would be able to tailor my experience because I didn't want to get high because I was going to have to see people and talk to people. And we all know how that goes when you get a little too much. But the microdose made it so I was in that like just right place. You know, it relieved anxiety. My feet were killing me too because there's so much walking and that would be alleviated. I was just like relaxed and ready. Sorry, I'm not going to do the bridesmaids things, but I'm tempted because that's how I felt. I was handing these things out to everybody I could too. Anyone who was looking like they may need a microdose gummy, they got one. And then when they'd come back to me later, they'd be like, those were perfect because I didn't get high. I just felt better. And then you can tailor it. Like, let's say you take the one and you're like, oh, I could use Use a little, but not too much. Then you just take another one. And it's like you can build and cater to whatever your situation is, whatever is appropriate for that. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHESPEAKS to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com, code SHESPEAKS, microdose.com, code SHESPEAKS for 30% off. Don't activate me because you've not seen me activated. Oh my God, this chat is blowing up. I feel like I want to read all of it, but then that's annoying for the people who are listening and watching. But hold on, hold on. I have to take a break and read some of what's happening. Uh, Evelyn says, not being able to express his needs. Carl needs some inner work before another relationship. Girl, preach. Mm-hmm. Emma, you said I'm I'm your girl crush? <laughs> what? Okay, I'm gonna hang up this live. It cannot go up. It cannot go up from here. Okay. Oh my god, I love this. 
you guys, okay, I got to stop. I can't, I'm going to keep, okay, I'm going to come back to this. Otherwise, I'm never going to get through this. <laughs> and we have two episodes of Salt Lake City to cover. So I hope you guys have your water or whatever beverage you need to be drinking. So Nick asks, who knew? Lindsay does not think Kyle knew. Do we think Kyle knew? Do we? Th I think Kyle knew. <laughs> I think that was when she said she was, and she's, maybe she was just, um, Maybe she was just saying that. Maybe that was a tactical move because Lindsay's good. She's got the PR down. Like, so she, maybe she was like, no, Kyle didn't know, but she knows he did know. Cause I'm like, Kyle fucking knew. <laughs> Kyle knew, you know? Like, so, okay. Uh, Lindsay calls it an emotional conversation that they had, quote, out of anger. I thought Nick did actually a pretty decent job with follow up questions. He said, what do you mean out of anger? Did you guys get in a fight? Then Lindsay says, the last two weeks of summer, things had changed. The way he was speaking to me, the combativeness. So I'm like, isn't that kind of an indication that something was going off? Like, not, not right? She's, but then when she goes into what the problem became, I was like, this is so Carl. Like, this is such little, that line, remember when Lisa Vanderpump says to Schwartz, being a little pussy, wussy pussy or whatever she says. That's, this is how I feel about Carl. All of a sudden she had to change everything about herself to be with him. They would talk about career, future plans, families, children. And she's like, I obviously want to make sure that I'm doing well. Like, I'm not about to be like, Oh, I don't want to be rude to you, but you know, what are you going to, what are you going to do for work since you don't like lover boy? Um, and Lindsay says, all of a sudden it became, you need to be softer and nurturing and caring and loving and positive and excited and give me hugs and tell me you're proud of me. But she says, it he wasn't telling me something I should be excited about. We're not there yet, buddy. What is your fucking career plan? Okay. And like, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Carl has never, I hate, this is going to be so mean, but Carl's never had a good, like, job situation. When we met him, remember he had lied a couple summers, it, like a, a couple, yeah, a couple weekends saying that he was going to work, but he wasn't going to work. He'd been fired for not meeting his numbers. And then he's at Loverboy and Kyle's covering for him left and right. Then he's not happy at Loverboy. So she's like, what is the fucking plan, buddy? Because I don't want to, it's not going to be on me. And she's looking at it too, like this reality TV thing is not going to be our for, although wait, she said she's not doing PR anymore. So what is she doing for uh, work besides the reality TV stuff? And which is a lot. Like when people, I know Paige was funny when she was like, you don't have jobs, but like they, she, they do, you know, the reality TV stuff, there's sponsorships that you get. There's like shit like that. But besides the, she doesn't, she said specifically, I don't do PR anymore. So what happened? Um, then Carl starts saying, I don't want my wife to be someone who asks questions and has opinions. Now, look, I don't know if that is word for word, word for word, what was said. Um, but, uh, it's, I'm sure in, in essence, it's what he meant. <laughs> I'm sure in essence, that's exactly what he fucking meant. He meant like, stop bugging me, mom. Oh my God. Like always asking what I'm going to do with my life and like for our career and like our future, like ugh, why, you know, like that's, that's the essence that was clearly happening. Now, I don't know who, who does that sound like? 
if anyone, does it sound like Kyle? Like Kyle would be like, she's too hard on you because that doesn't make sense. Cause Amanda's, but Amanda's not, Amanda's not the, um, ambitious one in that dynamic. Is she, I don't know. I don't know. Cause it sounds, it sounds like such a little baby thing to say. Maybe like, like Corey would say that, <laughs> or maybe, maybe someone in the program, because just cause you are in, as someone who was, uh, who did AA for two years, the men are toxic. They're just not drunk, you know, but they're fucked up. So it could be someone in the program who's gotten in his ear. I'm not hundred percent sure, but that is, it's such a specific type of man that would say that, you know, cause a real man would be like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing for work? And he'd be like, well, um, you know, stuff. It's like, you know, a real man would be like, well, these are normal things to want. However, I do realize Lindsay's delivery is terrible, but that's sort of why their matchup wasn't working for me. Cause she's not going to change that. And he's going to stay a little pussy, wussy, wussy, pussy. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Lindsay did feel backed in a corner, which yeah, I could see that because Lindsay's like, have we met? Like, where have you been? Where, when have I ever been like, oh, yay, you, you didn't do it. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. She is a good hype woman, though. She is good. Like, she will hype your ass up if it's worth it. Okay. So Nick suggests that Lindsay is still trying to figure out what changed for Carl. And Lindsay goes, no, I figured it out. But yet I get, I got no answers from him. So you, did you figure it out? She dissected it with her girlfriends, which look, let's face it, as a group of friends, we will, a group of friends, we will dissect until the end of time. You know what I mean? Uh, she saw things that she was overlooking, which is good. I'm like, okay, we got something here because she's just so in love and inexperienced with things that you need to go through as an adult. She thinks that Carl was lacking I think, because um, I guess that's the case. Um, but he did kind of go through some grown-up stuff. She does not think he cheated, and I'm glad she. I'm glad she said that specifically because I, I wasn't getting that feeling either. I got. I wasn't getting that. There was no big moment. Um, so he just doesn't. She thinks fully understand commitment. Agreed. Nick then stokes the fire. Nick really had it out for Kyle. I don't know. Nick is kind of a weird guy in this space. Okay. He like only has the women on his show uh, to talk about scandals. And he really like, he loves to just throw the guys right under the bus and talk about how much better he is at all the stuff. And like, I, uh, it's a weird, especially because then he did, uh, special forces. And it's just so funny because he's like having to compete up against Tom on some things. And it's like, yeah, that's right. I had Ariana on, I had Sheena on, I had basically everyone on to talk about the shit you did. Um, and he really like leans in, he, like Lindsay says, okay, I'm gonna go back to this. Lindsay says, Kyle's had it out for me from the year for years and thinks I'm some master manipulator. But no, I'm just smarter and quicker. <laughs> Which is like such an amazing thing to say in that in that sentence. But uh, she does think someone was in Carl's ear. She's just not sure who it was. And I'm like, Craig? Could it be Craig? Let me go to the chat here and see. Tierney says, I hear Craig in that. Yeah. Jasmine! 
Hi, Jasmine. Hey, girl. Uh, I just hate when a dude tells a female not to talk. So disrespectful. She dodged a bullet. Sure did, Callie. Sure did. Betty Davis eyes. Hi. Oh, it's so fun to see you. Hi, Kelly. Who have I missed? Anybody, anybody, anybody? One of Monty's collections. Hi. Okay, I'm going to go back to this. Oh my God, Christine, you said I also have a girl crush on Emily. You guys. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Okay. Nick asks how much of a betrayal of trust um, it, it is with, with regards to Carl going to production and staging the scene. <laughs> when she breaks down how this fucking went, what a little, no wonder she felt so weird. Okay. So this is, okay. So he's like, how, how, how does it happen? Hold on. Let me find that in my notes. Cause I wrote like an absurd amount of detailed notes. Um, oh, oh, first, before I get into that, Nick says, which I thought was like, oh, damn. He goes, what's interesting in the last reunion, one of the topics was you letting Amanda know on camera about Kyle's infidelity. And then you, Carl, Kyle, man, you guys kind of all hashed it out. So you would think Carl would have felt bad, like he shouldn't have done that since it was just kind of a topic recently. Lindsay gets defensive though. She's like, well, first of all, we were filming, we were doing that during normal filming months. I didn't go pick the cameras back up, Nick. He's like, okay, no, I'm on your side. Please don't turn on me. Um, but then it, it is true. Like he, he had to contact production. Like if you're already filming and something is captured, it's one thing, but to be like, Hey, I know you thought we were done, but I'm not. Um, it's just, it, whatever things are not registering for Kyle. So also adding that, adding to that, the Carl, did you guys see the Carl, Carl's weird line when he was at BravoCon? They went to Lindsay like, so how's it like being here with Carl? And she answers. And then Carl's like, I'm just happy to be here at BravoCon with these Bravo fans. <laughs> Go away. What was that? You freak. Okay, like, are you literally getting paid from Bravo now? Like, did production cut you in on a deal? Are you a producer? Oh, my God. Is he, like, a secret producer on Summer House? Because what the fuck? And he's he's kind of got, like, even he posted something. Do I have it? He posted um, the cheesiest, like, most, like, it was very politician-y. Carl Radke. Let me see here. Here we go. And it's giving teeth. It's all the teeth, the teeth, the teeth. Uh, thank you to all you incredible Bravo fans for your amazing energy, love, and support at BravoCon. Hashtag BravoCon 2023. Uh, I met so many kind, warm, and generous people. We wouldn't be here without your support. It's like it goes on and on, and there's just no emotion in it, no heart in it. Um, wait, what one was that? I haven't seen, I, I who, who was at BravoCon still haven't even seen, I've missed things. Like I missed some of the shows and the tapings and stuff. So, okay, back to this. <laughs> so this is how the, this is how this thing goes down. They ask Lindsay to walk them through the day. They wrap filming that Sunday at the house. And he was kind of coming at me in a way that felt quote, really icky. They went out with the cast after. And I was, she says, I was still feeling really edgy about the things that Carl had done to me earlier that day. 
So whatever, let's go to Surf Lodge and just put a bumper. That way I'm not driving home with you, getting into some sort of fight, just the two of us, you know, based off what he had said earlier that day. So they go to Surf Lodge, they're on their way home, and I'm talking about next weekend, Labor Day, like, I don't really want to go to Montauk, but I think it's good for us to reconnect and go somewhere, just the two of us. We haven't been on a date this summer. We have a whole conversation, which starts escalating weirdly because he's starting to throw out all these insults at me, and I'm just like, oh, what's happening right now? And he's just saying some mean shit that I'm not going to get into. I'm like, get into it get into it. What the fuck? What, what did, what did he say? I have to know because in those insults, there has to be clues, right? It's making me crazy. So they get into this argument in the car and they just stayed silent. Oh God, I hate that until they got home. So that was a Sunday. So then Monday he's golfing all day. He's not home. She has dinner with the girlfriend that night. Uh, she gets home. He's sleeping already on the couch. Okay. So now it's Tuesday. So Sunday was when they wrapped. It's Tuesday. They're both in and out of the apartment on different schedules. She went to get a manicure. Then she went to see Barbie with Gabby and she comes out of the movies and she gets a text on Tuesday night saying that they're going to film tomorrow. And I was glad Nick was like, Oh wait, hold on a text from Carl or production from production but he's also on the text. He's on the group chat. And then he's responding immediately. He's moving couples therapy. He's clearing the schedule. And Nick, Nick points out, he's like, so he's making it seem like he gets the group text and he's like, oh, well, hmm, let me see if I can move couples therapy, knowing that he had already moved couples therapy and he had already had this set up. Now, Lindsay hasn't even spoken to him since they got home on that Sunday night. Now it's Tuesday night. Why would you agree to even film with your fiance that you haven't even spoken to in the last two days? That's a great point. That's a great point. And to me, obviously, it's weird. Yeah, Lindsay. So she comes home. He's in the guest bedroom. Lights off. Door shut. Hiding. Hi hiding. Like, I imagine him, like, behind the door, like, 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 not talking all night long. He's like, maybe she won't know I'm in here. I can't. So he, because obviously he knew she was going to start asking questions. So she wakes up early Wednesday. They go into his room at 8 a.m. And she's like, and she's like, why do you know what this is about? Why they want to film with us about, you know, what is it? And he pops off, pops off. And it's like. Just like the things that he was saying, she says, um, but again, she's not going into, she's not going into the details. And I'm like, what is he saying? What are the things specifically that he is saying? I would like to know that part. Um, but anyway, it's just, it was just crazy stuff. And so Nick, Nick does say, give us one soundbite. And here's what Lindsay says. I mean, just like, if you don't change, I am this close to calling off the wedding. And I'm like, so then. He, he was thinking about it. He was thinking about calling off the wedding. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't, doesn't that feel, you know what I mean? You know, um, my eyes didn't even, she's like, I hadn't even had my coffee and I'm trying to figure out why we're filming and this is not making sense. And now it's Wednesday, whatever. So Carl leaves, Lindsay calls her dad 
and Gabby to say something weird is going on. Uh, and we're having this conflicts about, about his career, but why are we filming? And then production shows up. She sits on the couch and then the words come out, comes, they come out with, which is Carl saying, you don't take me seriously. About what? What do you do that, that would be taken seriously? Like, it's a, God, it's such a, oh, this is that, this is that type of man that really gets to me. They're just like such babies. Oh my God. And. And now she's supposed to take you seriously. What are you doing? Huh? Lord almighty. Ooh, Elizabeth. I just caught that. Elizabeth in the chat said, Lindsay was just blind, not blindsided in this situation. <laughs> Girl, can I, I'm going to steal that. Blind, not blindsided. Elizabeth. Thank you, girl. I will absolutely be using that. Ooh, well done. Uh, Nick says, which is kind of obvious at this point, Nick says um, it seems like his own insecurities of or fears had built up. Yeah, duh. So Lindsay's like, it makes him wonder, like, what would make him, instead of just talking to you, go to production? And have there been all kinds of theories, like people who really hate Lindsay uh, will say, like, well, she's too hard to talk to. Um, you know what? Hold on. I'm having an epiphany. Hold on one second. You know, it's interesting is he was, they were having quote fights and he was telling her things, but she was only registering them as just insults and below the belt. But like maybe within that, he was actually telling her specific things. Wait a minute. <laughs> so maybe that is why he wanted the cameras. Because people have been saying that without the cameras there, she would just kind of keep bullying him and say whatever. But like, Huh. Okay. There might be some validity to that. Some validity to it. Because Lindsay's a pretty d dirty fighter. I, I don't think I've ever seen her have like a peaceful discussion. Um, hmm. Okay. Put a pin in that. Nick says Carl was almost doing breadcrumbs before the breakup. Kind of like Sandoval last season. Um, but it all, it, it seems like then that is, um, those were her hints. So after Carl breaks up with her, she then talks to her dad for 30 minutes and was just like, well, he did it. And then she goes, a woman's intuition is unlike any other. But have you not been saying that he was being different for the past two weeks and that you guys got into a huge fight? Like, I, no offense to Lindsay, but like, and I, we do, we have incredible intuition uh, when we let ourselves listen to it. But I don't even think this is like an intuition moment. I'm like, he was being pretty obvious that something was fucking wrong. You know, uh, Lindsay's dad then Carl's then calls Carl, but then Lindsay, I, I, we don't get into the, any of those details. Uh, really, she says uh, he, Carl told Carl. Wait, hold on. Her dad mainly told Carl that he seemed incapable of having adult conversations. Um, oh, I even put in my notes. But if he'd been fighting with Lindsay before this, maybe he was trying to have conversations, huh? Nick asked if there's if there was any off-camera breakup conversation. And no, not at all. She didn't respond to his text for weeks. It was all stuff trying to protect his image, she said. Ooh, gross, right? He did not even apologize for humiliating her. He didn't even say, like, I'm sorry that had to be that it happened on camera, which you would think he'd say, you know. They did finally talk before she went on her bachelorette trip. 
uh, he still didn't take accountability and was trying to convince her that he didn't set it up. Uh, and I will say I could imagine if production saw something at like the rap party, they could have made, they might've, because production produced, that's their job. Producers are to see a story. Right. And so they may have pushed and been like, what's going on? Are you guys going to have a talk? What's happening? There, we may also see a bunch of like interviews and stuff from Carl. Like she says it with the last two weeks of summer. So they were still filming. So there may be like something that production was more clued in on. And like, that's why they, they might've reached out. Uh, but regardless, regardless, I said that, but who cares if you're really in a relationship with someone and you're having issues and you don't want it to be on camera because you do want to have the, you know what I mean? Like that, it, that it, it still shows disrespect regardless of whether production was pushing for it or not. Cause people push back against production all the time, you know? Nick says, uh, what was the alternative? What does that mean? What does, why does, why do my notes say that? I don't know. Natalie says that there was a quote given about how it was going to be a difficult conversation, but not intended to be a breakup. And I, I remember I saw that quote too. And Lindsay says, but I'm sorry, if you don't mean to call off a wedding, you don't call off a wedding. There's a big difference between postponing and calling off a wedding. There's also a big difference between, hey, I'm feeling like maybe I could have cold feet or having second thoughts. I'm not ready. If you don't mean to call off a wedding, you don't fucking do it. Speak. You speak very clearly. She gets really intense. You speak very clearly and articulately and slowly, and you make sure there is no room for misinterpretation. <laughs> misunderstanding or speculation. If this is, if you are making the biggest decision of your entire life, not only that it doesn't affect me and you, but it affects our entire family. You're very clear. So where do you guys land on that part? Where, where are we? Actually, let me go to the chat. Cause I'm curious to see what you guys are saying about this. Cause I'm even having epiphanies as I'm going through it. She was blindsided, but mentioned, he said, I'm this close to ending the engagement. Okay. Thank you. Lindsay needs to listen to the song blindsided by Kelsey Ballerini. Maybe Carl felt like no matter what he said to her, she never took it seriously. And with the cameras there, she finally would. Yeah. I kind of, kind of, Lindsay seemed in denial, but if and when things were good between them, Carl wouldn't continue to say things like, I might want to call off the wedding. It could be confusing if he's only bringing up wanting to call off the wedding when they fought, but dropped it when things were good. Great point, Caitlin. Great point. That's a good point. Because a lot of the times you say things when you're mad and it's like bad, icky threats. Because you know what I mean? Like sometimes we fight dirty. I like that. Um, this reminds me of Sandoval saying he told Ariana he wanted to break up. However, the truth, he was totally, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that it's it's giving that too. I agree, Evelyn. Uh, Cal Callie says he knew she wouldn't stay with him with the way he did it. Humiliating. Yeah, it's a big, it's a like once you do that, like you're not, there's no getting back together. Absolutely not. So they get into what happened afterwards. He went to, he left. He just fled the scene completely. But then Lindsay had to film a scene with the girls after that. Uh, but he refused to film anything else. Now I'm wondering if that was the scene, like after the breakup, if they were like, what the fuck happened? And then they said, Carl, 
you've got to film some follow-up scenes. And he was like, no, because he's a little brat. No, I don't want to. Eh, little fucker. Kyle was quoted saying he feels bad for Carl because he's basically homeless. Lindsay says, how about if you want a home, you don't burn your fucking house down? <laughs> he's not homeless, though. He could. We've seen it before. The people cohabitate if it's required. You know what I mean? Then she goes into who stepped up. Let's see what else did I want to discuss with you guys. Um, how did her relationship with the Summer House girls evolve since last season? So I loved this. The reunion was like a teardown and a rebuild. Uh, and season eight was like all the rebuilding. And that makes me happy because I was like, what are we going to do with these stories and this cast? Oh, my God. It was getting so repetitive. Um, Gabby has been extra great. Thankfully, she was in a good space with Danielle going into all this, which is wonderful. Excuse me. The other girls, they text and they check in uh, and they were all right there. Nick asks if Danielle was just as shocked and uh, yes. And that just says something to me. I don't know exactly what, but it says something. Regarding uh, Danielle's hesitations with this breakup, he says, does that change how you view her actions? And Lindsay goes, listen, I think engagements are the most important times in someone's life. So you don't bring negativity. So no, her actions weren't justified. Okay. Uh, no, and they weren't at the damn engagement party. That was like, I think even me who was kind of like the only, I felt like the only one seeing Danielle's side last season, even I was like, okay, this engagement party is not great. This isn't, this isn't good. Lindsay says that her intentions were okay, but her delivery was the problem. And that Danielle realizes that now. Do you, have you learned anything, Lindsay? I would love it if you learned a little something too, please. Uh, is anyone on the cast taking Carl's side? Kyle, but she doesn't know about Amanda. Mm -hmm. Has this made Lindsay want to handle things more carefully on camera, like not blindsiding people on camera? I thought he was being shady with that line of questioning. How does this affect how you're going to keep filming Summer House? Also something very interested in. She says she will be more careful with the things that she shares, but Lindsay feels at this point she's owed a personal boundary on Summer House after this. And they're not wrong. They're really not wrong. Those, those damn producers were like, oh, we're definitely showing up and not telling Lindsay what this is about. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Lindsay doesn't know in terms of like how summer house is going to keep filming. She does not know because so many things could happen between now and then. So they've got nine or 10 months until they even film again. And every day gets a little better and I'm living with the positive mentality. And so she's sounding like she's down to film with them. She's like, Oh, I'm not scared. He should be scared. And he is, I'm sure. Okay. Lindsay, in terms of what she's looking for in a partner now, she says emotional intelligence, intimacy, sexual compatibility, and Nick says performance, and Lindsay giggles. So that's the second time. Like, bro, you know, and I think there were, I feel like Sheena Shea talked about it on her podcast once about Carl not being able to perform. So, yeah. She's looking for someone who can't be scared off. And I'm telling you, that's who I see her with too. She needs a powerful man because she has a lot of confidence and, you know, that's 
whatever, whatever you want to call it, but she does. And Carl was intimidated by her for sure. Um, but she does say he was proud of her. Uh, and then, oh God, this is a part. Carl, <laughs> Carl tried to get Lindsay back in couples therapy after breaking up with her. Huh? <laughs> what? For what? There's no couple, bro. You need to go into therapy. Do like you get your ass into therapy, idiot. So I've actually had some epiphanies as I've talked this out. So I may need to like reanalyze and then follow up again because <laughs> I'm like, let me let me reconfigure that. I think I kind of land in the same place. Lindsay's still Lindsay still kind of doesn't take enough accountability for my liking, um, but Carl is a total pussy. Period. End of story. Whether or not he's like afraid of her, it's like you did get into a relationship with her. So anyway. Okay, I am going to then go into Salt Lake City. Oh, shit. Have I? I totally forgot to record. I'm such an idiot. Oh, well. Where are we in this so I can put my timestamp? Okay. Ooh, this, this chat is going off. You guys are so fun. Hi, Emily. Came across your channel during Scandival. I'm such a huge fan. Love your humor and style of channel. Love you and PA together. Bravo is my therapy. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Lindsay needs an alpha male. That is an understatement, right? Like she needs like, she, and also Carl was newly sober and he's just like not his full entire self yet. You know what I mean? The rumors and nastiness about her. I have such expensive taste and my wallet apparently is not on the same page as me yet. But that was until I found Quince. Quince is my go-to for all of my upscale taste at prices that my wallet agrees with. Quince creates timeless classics that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince's capsule wardrobe must-haves like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, and really flattering pants make putting together any outfit that much easier. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They do that by partnering directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I have a pair of workout leggings from them that are easily the best I've ever owned. They're not see-through. They don't bunch and roll down. They're really flattering. I also have an at-home robe that I have worn easily every day, five hours a day since I purchased it. I'm obsessed with it. Get affordable luxury with Quince. Go to quince.com slash she speaks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she speaks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she speaks. The rumors and nastiness about her. After seeing the saga that my father has gone through, having not taken care of his teeth, I'm on a kick as of the last two years. I'm gonna get my oral care under control so I can keep my teeth for as long as possible. 
So I'm so pumped that Quip is sponsoring the pod because Quip has all kinds of things to help you get better oral care. They've got this amazing electric toothbrush that has sonic vibrations that are timed with 30 second pulses. So it guides you through that dentist recommended two minute clean. And it's really sleek too. It's not bulky like most electric toothbrushes with like a charger and everything. There is a multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount so that there's less clutter and it was perfect when I traveled to BravoCon. They do reusable handles in a range of super cool metal hues as well as like bright plastic colors. I want one in every color. This is a rechargeable toothbrush too. It's all the original features of the Quip plus one magnetic charge powers up to three months of brushing. On top of your brushing, you can upgrade your Quip with a smart motor so that you can track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app. You can earn rewards like free refills or products, Target gift cards. And I always forgot to change out my toothbrush. And that's what Quip is perfect for. In addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills every three months from seven And starting at just $25, you get stylish, affordable electric toothbrushes. You won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. If you go to getquip.com slash bravo right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser. That's your 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser at getquip.com dot com slash bravo spelled g-e-t-q-i-p dot com slash bravo quip the good habits company i love that all right salt lake city time guys let's let's do this so i have to go over see uh episode nine which was um last week's because i missed that so let's go let's fucking do it where did i put my notes there we go all right Last week, our main, oh my God, you guys, because I have two, I have 12 pages of notes. I have a headache already. Okay. I'm probably going to have to skip through some of that because that's insane. See, the problem is, okay, just a little, sometimes I get really high and take notes and then like I hyper-focus on things that aren't that important. But like when I'm so, when I'm that stone, I'm like, oh, this is vital. Let me type this out. Make sure I get the whole dialogue. So don't worry. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get us out of here. Oh my God. It's already been an hour. You guys are troopers for hanging in here. I'm going to try my best to get through this in an hour. And I'm so sorry to make you go through a two hour live. I really apologize. Okay. Angie and Monica have made up at the top of episode nine. Excuse me. Um, They have, they, Angie says that, you know, Lisa's telling Lisa's telling me that you're doubling down on the gay rumors and like how men are bragging about it. And Monica's like, well, I never said about his performance, but then they show a flashback and it is kind of accurate to what Lisa is saying. And like, so, but Monica apologizes and they squash it. And Monica is so grateful for the family Easter gathering and laments over not having a family to bring her kids around. And so it just softens Angie. And then Angie opens up about how her mom was an alcoholic. And I was like, I like this scene. Okay. I think getting that perspective on Angie helped me understand her a little bit more. 
Uh, she's just a very people pleasy type of person. Like anyone with a parent with an alcohol or with an addict parent can understand that it, it does affect you a lot. She was very young though when she lost her mom. So maybe that's not as relevant. But regardless, I liked this scene. Then Lisa goes and helps Whitney uh, set up for Bobby's party. Whitney and Justin are giving Bobby a golf cart. By the way, this must be a Utah thing. You are not handing a kid in LA a golf cart, okay? They'll die. Uh, because then she's like, then then Bobby can take the kids to school, run errands, and be my Uber. <laughs> what? She's turning 10, right? Or 13? I don't remember. Whitney tells Lisa that she's not inviting Mary, which I'm like, thank God. <laughs> stop doing that to yourself. <laughs> Please, like, just stop giving Mary the opportunity to be mean to you, especially with your kids. Then Whitney tells Lisa that she is inviting Monica and says, look, she's in an abusive situation with her mom. This is when Lisa unfortunately starts to disappoint. But I'm going to say this part. I'm going to get through this scene. And then I want to go into the, the rumors that have been circulating about Monica. So I'm going to get through this and then we'll get into that. Um. Lisa says, I love when things are conveniently abusive. You can be abused and also be abusive, which is true. I absolutely was not, I was so toxic for a lot of years. And I look back on friends that like, I don't have anymore. And I'm like, I don't blame them. Like Jesus, I wasn't, I was, I had anger. I don't know what to put it. Um, and so then Lisa says, if your mom is horrible, then fucking make changes. It seems like a convenient time to have this huge issue with her mother. Now, I don't know if she was implying this was maybe for cameras, which to me sounds like what she was implying. But, uh, okay. Whitney says, if you haven't been in a relationship that's abusive, you don't understand how, how hard it is to even recognize that there's abuse and there's manipulation. That's also true. That is true. Lisa says, you're bringing this on yourself the way she treated her mother. She was horrible. And this destructive conversation she's having about Sean and Angie, this has nothing to do with her mother and has everything to do with Monica. I don't feel bad for her. And then Whitney says, I have to choose to believe Monica. And Lisa says, to me, she's manipulative. And now let's get into, let's get into this. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I don't know who told me this at BravoCon. I don't know if it was someone that had heard it from someone or if this was like the origin of this rumor because someone said to me, and I cannot tell, I can't remember where I was. Someone said to me that they thought Monica stole that ring. And they were saying it kind of as a joke, but I went, wait a minute. I mean, it kind of makes sense. And then she like really sold it with like looking for it because Lisa's so convinced she had it, right? And then that it fell off her hand and that she almost saw it on the ground, but then it was like gone. And it's, it is absurd. They looked in every, I don't know. Like, I don't want to accuse Monica of that because it's starting to feel a bit problematic if I do that. But uh, it was a blind item on Dumois as well. Well, see, what I'm wondering is if like someone submitted it from BravoCon to Dumois, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think it's a bit problematic that we're accusing her of this. Um, I know that the women have 
been thinking like the women think that that's what happened. The, the the Salt Lake City cast thinks that's what happened because there's a bunch of stuff that's coming up. I've specifically asked not for details, but I have a very I have a source that knows literally the entire season of Salt Lake City. Uh, but I'm like, please don't tell me because then I can't recap it. And then because otherwise I'm like, okay, guys, I can't tell. I'm like, remember when I had that Southern charm in? And every episode, I was like, I know things, but I can't say them. So I'm like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But uh, the cast seems to see, seems to think that that's a possibility. And I'm thinking it's due to some other facts that I'm not privy to. So I thought it was just like a funny gossip sesh that I heard. And then suddenly it's everywhere like it's real. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um and Monica, I don't want Monica to become this punching bag because now Monica is also, well, so the lawsuit with Heather Gay, let me make it clear. She didn't, uh, Monica didn't sue Beauty Lab. She didn't pay Beauty Lab and then they let, and they let it go. And then things happen throughout the season and bef three weeks before, before the show premiered. So not before, but not before filming, but before the show premiered, filming's wrapped, it's done. And three weeks before they file the lawsuit against Monica and then Monica countersues to say that their work is awful. I'm actually blown away at the number of people who've come to Beauty Lab's defense because usually when stuff like this comes out about a business, I call it the schadenfraude or whatever it is in all of us, but people start to suddenly be like, oh yeah, I've had all these horrible experiences and yeah, it's a terrible place. But I've actually seen the opposite. I've seen no bad comment and I'm shocked by that, which means that Beauty Lab really does have a decent reputation. So that's good. Um, but it wasn't like Monica decided to sue Beauty Lab for this. She's countersuing. And it's like, you're spending all this money. You just pay them $2,000. It's like not a lot of money. It's only $2,500 or something like that. It's a really low balance, honey. Um, let, me go to the com let me go to the comments here because you guys are saying fun stuff, I bet. Hi, Elizabeth Hernandez. Excuse me. Um, I don't think, okay, hold on. Let me go to the top here. I think accusing Monica of stealing the ring without evidence is not okay. Yeah. If she stole it, man, so wrong. Oh, probably was submitted from BravoCon to Dumya. Okay, yeah, right? I feel like that's possible. I don't think Monica would risk that housewife paycheck by stealing the ring. Is that, was that what you mean, Kelly? Because I get what you're saying. Um, hold on. Did you see her mom's tweets about the car? Her mom is on the lean and Monica has only made one payment on time. I did see that, Jessica. And I'm wondering, do we believe that? Do we buy that? You know? Because her mom's pretty fucking manipulative. She's got those crazy Ramona eyes. But also Monica could be lying too. I don't know. Um, I feel like her mom, if she really was having an issue with Monica paying the bills on time, um, she wouldn't just like take the car and return the car. She would probably be doing more to like get the car back if that was really the case. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm going to go back to this because we still have another episode to get through. Heather and Monica, did I cover everything? Did I, I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Um, Monica's mom is the worst. Sure is. Sure is. Ooh, Callie. I think Monica, 
Monica's mom knew she ripped off Heather, and that's why she was talking about Monica changing her name. She probably told Heather, oh, my God, Callie. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> what if that's the case? Oh, this is what I meant to say before I move on. Um, when uh, people obviously think now that the, the phone call at the beginning of that pr pr promo, the trailer, when Heather's like, I can't believe she would do this to us. People are thinking that that's this, the beauty lap stuff. And I know, all I know from my Salt Lake City connection is it's not that. It's something bigger. So, and it's something to do with like everybody. And I, you guys, I'm, it's just us. Well, until I release this for everybody, but it's just here. It's just us here on this live. And it doesn't really make sense. The people trying to kind of come up with that theory. It's like, hold on. So you think finding out that Monica was the one who owed $2,500 to Beauty Lab would cause a whole, <gasps> I can't believe she would do this to us, to us, to who it So it, it doesn't really track. So it's not that. It's not that. And Jasmine, I'm right there with you. I think it has to do with Jen Shaw also. I'm not 100% sure. I Again, I said, do not give me details because then I'm not going to be able to not spill it. But I'm right there with you. Heather and Meredith get drinks. Heather vents about Lisa's laxed version of Mormonism. And I can see Heather being frustrated with that. I can. It's kind of like, how come, my, how come it was tough for me and not you? Okay, Heather and Meredith get drinks. Uh, where am I? I've lost my train of thought. Okay, here we go. Um, Meredith says, I guess faith is how you choose to define it. And maybe the Mormon faith doesn't accept her definition. But there you go. What? <laughs> what did you say? I don't understand what you said, Meredith. Heather's confessional. Because Lisa gets to be a nuanced such a nuanced Mormon as she wants, uh, but I am invalidated and excluded and just no longer welcome in the community. That that hit home. I even have it like highlighted because I can only imagine here's Heather who feels like she had to denounce her religion altogether because she didn't want to follow all the, the doctrines. And then here's Lisa like, what are you talking about? Being Mormon is so fun. Like I'm drunk, I have strapless dresses on and it, and here Heather is thinking that she had to leave the church, you know? Heather finds out that Lisa had a brunch where she announced Jack's mission and she wasn't invited. And she says, it just feels like more of the same rejection. And that makes me sad. So I'm, I'm actually here for her. I'm here for Heather on that one. Bobby's party looked fun. It was at this fun looking roller rink. Whitney's mom is there. Plenty of gays. You know, that's Whitney's thing. It feels like Sean is very much left out of the guys because it's Seth, Justin, and Justin and John. But whatever. Angie tells Lisa that she got excited. She's like, oops, I got excited. And I told Heather where Jack was going on his mission. And I was shocked. Lisa goes, why did you tell her? Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be like that, girl. <laughs> Lisa says it would just it just wouldn't make sense, you know, after what Heather has said at Angie's Easter. But then Meredith like abruptly leaves. And I I couldn't tell if she didn't want to be a part of the conversation, but once again, Meredith got to Meredith got to walk away. Heather and Monica are then sitting together and Heather notes that Lisa hasn't even come over to say hi. 
And Heather asks, like, how much about your relationship with your mom have you told Lisa? Monica says, nothing. Why? And she says, well, she thinks you're exaggerating your relationship with your mom for attention. Okay, Heather, if you weren't salty about the Mormonism thing, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're being shady, girl. This is like pointed right here. And then they flash to Whitney, of course, telling Heather that and Whitney being like, I think she said she's exaggerating it. Monica says, I feel like Lisa's obsessed with me. My name stays in her mouth. Okay. I can't, I just can't imagine being middle-aged and so bitter. Lisa then skates over. Woo. Hey. Heather's, which is really hard to do. Heather's honest about the fact that they had just been talking about her. <laughs> like she is honest about that, which is not easy to do. Someone walks over and it's like, oh, we're just talking about um something. But she's like, we were talking about you. Heather says, Whitney told me you think Monica, her relationship with her, told me what you think about her relationship with her mom. And Lisa goes, wait, what? And Lisa's like, I just saw your mom was trying to like smooth things over. And Monica says her line, my mom was very, very charming. She's very nice. And she's very, very abusive. And Lisa asks a valid question. Why bring her to Easter? And Monica says, well, we have an up and down relationship, very highs, high highs, low lows. And Lisa says, okay, I was just wondering if your mom helps with your kids, if she's present in your life. What? And Monica says, do you want to ask them? Because you don't believe me. Maybe you'll believe a five-year-old. And Lisa's like, okay, Monica, I don't want to have a raised voice conversation here. But Monica like wasn't raising her voice. So that's kind of frustrating because like she wasn't. Anyway, Lisa then talks just to Heather and says, like, I'm just telling you the perception of the situation. And Monica goes, you're just like my mom. She talked to the plant. And then they cut back to when her and her mom were talking and she was talking over her mom. Linda went, okay, I'll tell you. And even Heather's like, this is a stretch. This isn't, this is not a stretch. Heather's like, so wait, Lisa is now Linda and I'm the plant? Lisa stands up. You know what? I'm not interested in having these like erratic, crazy conversations like like this. Maybe you are more like your mom than you think you are. Maybe you are exactly like her. And I hate to say it, but she is. And this is coming from someone who was just like her mom. OK, it's, it's something you have to like deprogram out of yourself. It's not something that just goes away. And then Monica's like, she's so mean about it. She goes, skate away, Regina, your 50 year old fake wannabe. Like. Someone's age is not necessary to insult. Angie grabs, but Angie grabs Lisa and they just go skating. And she's like, oh my God, did you hear her? 50 year old wannabe. She wants to be me. That's why she carries fake Chanel. Why does she always do that? Lisa's like, the more Lisa tries to insult Monica and say that she's not like materialistic, the more materialistic she sounds. Okay, here we go. Heather is about to leave and says goodbye to Lisa, but like they talk off to the side and explain like the mission brunch or whatever, whatever. Like it, they talk about it. It's kind of the same thing. Heather's like, this is what it is for me now after writing that book. But then Jack skates up and he's like, hey, Heather. And Lisa tells her where, you know, you're going to um, Columbia. And Heather says, congratulations. She She's so bilingual. This Heather, Heather says it's not, Lisa says, sorry, it's not excluding her. It's being respectful of her. And Jack realizes that this conversation is getting deep and he's like, bye-bye. <laughs> so he skates right off. 
But Heather says, the fact that you're not a Mormon and get to wear the title, and Lisa goes, I'm 100% Mormon. That's why my kid is serving the Lord. Now, like, I would be mad if I was Heather. Like, I'd be like, but I had to wear, like, underwear to my ankles. How come you get to have a different, like, where was this? I want to sign up for this. You know? Felicidades. Is that what she said? Did she say that, Jasmine? I feel like she says something else. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. I got to keep us moving. Lisa talks to John about what happened with Monica. And she talked, this is the next day. She talks his ear off. And then she gets a text and completely ignores John. John's like, so I guess uh, good luck. If you need to bounce anything off me, feel free. Lisa just keeps texting. Keeps, keeps texting. John, all right, I'm going to go let Kendall out real fast. Lisa goes, love you. I have to say, my friends do this shit to me all the time. I, I have a lot of content creator friends. And so we, if I'm ever out with a content creator friend, like John or Lauren, it's it, we're talking, we're talking, and then it's always, always. John's too nice, but I guess that's how their relationship works. I guess for John, he's like, I actually don't care, honestly. But I, I kind of wish John had been like, okay, I'm going to go. Bye. And like, rather than be like, well, if you ever need to bounce something off me again, like, stop being so nice. Whitney's prism event with the sound bath. Now, for crying out loud. Lisa starts off totally helping sell that jewelry. I'm going to give it to her there. I was like, wait, is she part of this? She was helping hustle for sure. But then Lisa sees Angie and she's like, did you have fun at Bobby's party? And Angie is so weird about it. She's like, yeah, it was a kid's party with a lot of adult drama. Lisa's like, I was having a good time. And then I left like ugh, irritated. Angie tells her that Monica says Lisa doesn't want to believe she's in an abusive relationship with her mom. Lisa says, I don't know what kind of relationship she's in. I saw her for two hours at your party. It doesn't even make sense. This is, I saw like a side of Lisa that I know people have complained about. And I was like, ooh, she can be cold and like, the, for, I just have no other word for it. Bitchy. Because it has like a bitchiness to it, you know? What I saw at your house was someone treat her mother poorly. I made a judgment call. What's her problem with me? <laughs> Angie starts to talk again and Lisa goes, wait, hold on, Angie, let me finish. She has an issue with me. Monica's Monica walks in then and they like separate. Monica goes, or Monica comes up to Angie at the bar and Angie's like, look, I feel like I'm in the middle. And Monica goes, well, that's on Lisa. And I have to say, Monica kind of is right because she's like, I don't bring Lisa up. I've been here for five minutes though. And already you guys are bringing her up to me. And I'm like, fair, fair. That's, that's accurate. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. Lisa goes over to Whitney and says, I know you have a lot going on right now, but like with Monica and Whitney cuts her off. It's like, I need to get up and make a speech so that people know what's going on. And then Lisa just like, okay. And, but then Whitney goes, I'll be right back. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not ever coming back. Lisa goes up to Angie and she's like, come on, Whitney's giving her speech. And Monica's like, go Angie. She's pulling you away. And Lisa goes, Monica, chill the fuck out. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Chill the Monica, chill the fuck out. 
Monica's like, you're so bothered by me. I love it. Oh, look, Lisa's getting hot. Lisa goes, you bore me. This isn't interesting. Monica, go on, Angie. She's pulling you away. Lisa says, somebody needs attention. And Monica says, that's you. And I honestly think that they are kind of evenly matched here on the like pettiness scale. You know, like I feel so uh, Lisa's like, we're here for Whitney. Knock it off. Monica, you're not my mother. Don't tell me what to do. And Lisa says, no one wants to be her mother, clearly. Oof. Oh, don't say shit like that. If you don't have a mother wound, this is something Whitney says about Lisa in the next episode, that Lisa does not see anyone else's perspective very well. And if you don't have a mother wound, don't stab your knife into it and twist it. God. Like, that's a tough one. I'll tell you that. Really sad. Whitney starts her speech and Monica tells Angie, she's like, wow, Whitney has the best legs. And Lisa goes to Angie, don't be fake as fuck. Monica whispers something to Angie. Angie responds. And because they're talking, Lisa just steps away. And when Angie tries to get her to come back, Lisa says, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I don't, I don't need this. Don't touch me. Angie goes, Lisa, don't leave. But I'm not interested in talking about her or to her. If that's where you want to go, I can't back you on that. Okay. She has said, the, the problem is, and I'm, and I kind of have this rule for myself. If I have a, so if we're, if my bestie and I are, are fighting with someone and I go and have a conversation with them and we make up, I would let my bestie know. Like FYI, I had lunch with her and that's what we talked about. And it's, I'm good with her now because I would not then go to another event in per, like with, in a group and be like, Hey, to that person with my, cause my friend rightfully is going to be like, now what the hell are we talking about here? What's like, I really missed something, you know? So that's, that's what happens there. Now that they start, they set up for the sound baths, like there's a little moment in between and Monica asks Angie, are you okay? And Angie goes, no, I'm not okay, you guys. And Lisa goes, why? Angie goes, I can't be in the middle of you guys. Now, again, if I didn't know that that had, that had happened, I'd be like, since when the fuck are you in the middle? Like now we, now we're the, now I'm the problem. So Lisa just starts interrupting everything Angie says. You're not in the middle. Who's going low? What did I say? I didn't jab at you one time. Monica, you did. Lisa, how did I jab? Um, everything you said to Whitney, soundbot starts. <laughs> it's this long pause where Lisa, like, she's not even looking at the soundbath. She's just looking at Monica. And then she goes, I said, based on my assessment, you don't treat your mother nicely. <laughs> and then Monica, well, you don't know my situation, Lisa. <laughs> well, based on what I saw, you weren't nice to your mother. Monica, well, based on what I see, you like your minions. Stop putting Angie in the middle. And Whitney over the microphone yells, Lisa Barlow. Shh. <laughs> Monica then goes, Lisa. And then Lisa goes, I want to enjoy the sound bowl. Excuse me. And Monica says, yes, old people need it. Okay, rude. Angie's like, um, okay, I'm older than her. And then Lisa says, the other women are older than me. And Monica goes, yeah, but you wear it. <laughs> but then Lisa goes, I like being natural. I don't look like the Pillsbury Doe girl. 
And then Monica, she can't miss that opportunity. Are you saying that your friend does? Are you telling her that she looks like that? Just come on. Whitney is pissed. Don't come for my sound bath, she says. Lisa, you're triggered by your circumstances. Monica, you're the one that keeps my name in your mouth. Lisa gets loud. Please stop talking to me. Monica, you don't tell me what to do. And she goes, okay, this is a sound bath. <laughs> Lisa's confessional. Are you trying to abuse the sound bowl? <laughs> what? Maybe you would be in a better mood if you didn't have to pay for drinks. She brings up that cash bar a lot. And I, okay, where do you guys land? I think cash bar is very tacky, tacky, tacky for sure. But I also, I don't drink. So if I had to pay for my own Diet Coke at an event, I'd be like, I'm sorry. No, that is on them. Okay, where am I? Sorry, I'm, I got a little lost in the comments for a second and I have to, This that's hard to do. People must have to like cover the comments because I just want to talk to you guys. Mm. Lisa comes up with this very interesting one. Um, she says, we were built with the same, we were built the same dealt, de dealt, that's what it is. We were dealt the same deck of cards. She plays with the twos. I play with the face cards. <laughs> What are you talking about? Monica goes, that is the lamest comeback. Oh my God. And then Lisa to Angie, she clearly doesn't get out much and doesn't remember how to behave in public. And now this will start the, the amount of times Lisa's going to act like she's not doing anything wrong. She's going to complain. Someone forgot how to behave in public. You're just as bad right now. But then, oh my God, Monica, this, this is, I didn't see this coming. She goes, you do realize there are several forms of intellectual capabilities in the brain and street smarts is actually the number one when you don't have that. And the fact that I do challenges you, you hate it, bitch. Listen, I didn't see that coming. Whitney's like, okay, I'm glad everyone enjoyed their damn sound bath. A few people didn't really care. May they find peace. Lisa, I'm bored with you. Monica, then stop talking about me. Lisa then gets up in her face and does this like, I don't want to talk about you ever again, so stop talking to me. But Monica, she she would take this opportunity to be like, and but I have to say, Lisa does talk too close to people, and she actually does kind of put her hands on people. I've noticed that she does it with Angie even, like she puts her, like she holds them, you know? Um. But Monica's like, you put your hands on people? Like, that's business 101. And Lisa just keeps repeating, stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. Angie goes, okay, you guys clearly don't like each other. And Lisa's like, why are you saying that? You started this whole thing with Sean. She said, you said she talked about your marriage. I took your side. That's all it is. And the way you treat your mother is disgusting. And then Monica rightfully says, well, you should hear how my mother treats me, Lisa. And then the, nothing really happens. At one point, Lisa goes, whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. It was like, that's how petty that got. Monica says, try and understand, Lisa. I don't understand. Then Lisa does, that's when she does the circular hand gesture in Monica's face. Monica does not like that. And Lisa goes, I'm a close talker. I'm a close talker. Almost like she's about to fight her. Now Angie's trying to pull him apart. What? Whitney comes over to try to like move them out of the way because they're literally blocking the checkout. Like there's a whole line of people trying to actually purchase things. And Lisa doesn't, she can't even hear it. I think you're impossible to communicate with. 
Monica, well, then we're the same person. So then Lisa pulls Whitney aside and she's like, she's impossible to have a conversation with. Lisa, you're also doing it. Lisa, because she's like, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. And she's so loud. And I'm like, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> Honey. But then Angie and Monica talk off to the side and whatever. They end up like, I got to go. Like, I'm going to leave. And then they hug. And Lisa's like, look at this. Hugging. Hugging. Like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And Whitney's like, uh, I actually do truly need to go sell some jewelry. And Lisa's like, this is crazy, whatever. And then she like leaves. Girl, okay, I want to I want to check out um, this situation here in the comments. That was low of Lisa to say. Monica is so defensive like Lindsay. You can't say anything to them. I can't believe how much Monica rattled Lisa in this scene for real. Uh, they were evenly matched. Absolutely. Cringing from embarrassment and laughing. Agreed, Caitlin. Let's see. I definitely don't think the reason doesn't the reason Lisa doesn't like Monica is Angie. She hasn't liked her since Palm Springs. Yeah. That's yeah. And then fair enough. She came for Lisa pretty hard in Palm Springs. So Monica has been coming for Lisa since the first scene. A hundred percent. Totally. I felt bad for Whitney. Okay. Cash bar is usually just for alcohol. Is it Katie Q? I've been, I've been to, I was at a um uh, where the fuck was I? It was in a it was in a restaurant, and I had to pay for my damn diet coke. Rude. Okay. What am I missing? It was very Kyle Richards. Lisa may resemble Drita from Mob Wives to some, but would never actually fight. <laughs> That's funny. She does when she was like stepping up, stepping up. I'm like, okay, you have to. I feel like she has a habit of stepping up to people, and that makes me anxious. Agreed, Jerica. I agree. I agree. Ooh, Evelyn, that's what you were saying. Exactly like the way Kyle was handsy with Sutton. Yeah, Kyle can get handsy too. The rumors and nastiness about her. When I started this podcast, I certainly did not think that my Shopify experience of building an online store would translate, but then we needed a merch store and we used an outside company at first and we're just not happy with the design and the lack of control of the design. So I said, let's go back to Shopify. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. You sell without needing to code or design, just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. You customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands you love, which gives your customers more variety and your business more sales. Also, grow your average order value with Shopify Bundles. That's the app where you can create and sell product bundles with ease. One of the most amazing tools is Shopify magic. You can whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions, generate instant frequently asked question answers, pick the perfect email send time, plus Shopify magic's free for every Shopify seller. And once you start selling, Shopify makes getting paid simple by instantly accepting every type of payment. And Shopify grows with your business. 
no matter how far or how big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integrations and third-party apps, anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business. Do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze your online marketing campaigns. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage or shipping and payments from literally anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. The best part is Shopify support is so amazing. They are really, truly helpful and there for you at all times. They never said I was stupid, and I know they were thinking it. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash she speaks. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash she speaks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash she speaks. I love that. Okay. Let's get into this past yesterday's last night's episode. Okay. Lisa goes over to Whitney's and right away, Whitney is scolding Lisa for the PRISM event, but Lisa's not taking it easy. I'll tell you that much. Lisa is like, I'm pissed that you had a cash bar. That's what I'm mad about. Lisa's like, what did you hear me scream? And Lisa goes, or Whitney goes, you were like, stop it, stop it. And Lisa says, I said, please stop talking to me. (laughs) No, you didn't say it like that, Lisa. And then she goes, oh, so it's my fault Monica can't control herself? But then again, Lisa brings up, maybe I should be mad. This is in the confessional. Maybe I should be mad at her for having a cash bar and no food. She was not, don't come for the queen of Sundance when it comes to events. She will, she always delivers and she will not tolerate a bad event. Lisa does give Whitney an apology though. uh, And then brings up being disappointed in Angie uh, for how she handled it. The ocular isn't matching the words, which I've never heard that phrase. Whitney presents the idea that Angie placates Lisa just to please her, to which Lisa's like, nope, definitely not happening there. Not even a possibility. Absolutely not. Even though at the very end of this episode, Angie will confirm that that's what was happening, but still not my problem. Whitney's like, I think you're triggered as fuck by Angie and Monica. And Lisa goes, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. So nobody has to guess. I'm not triggered. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Ange? Thank you. That really cleared it up. No one has to guess anymore. Lisa gets more heated because she's like, don't call me and be like, fuck her, blah, blah, blah. But then her her son comes down, Whitney's son comes down. And this starts Whitney on this strange over-explanation of how she is here for Lisa, but not if she continues to talk about this or talk like this. Because I don't want, I don't talk like that in my home. I know I talk to you guys like that, but in my home, it's different. Do you understand? Not around my kids. Like she keeps repeating it. It's like, we get it, Whitney. It's understood. Whatever. The scene concludes. Heather goes to Mary's house. (laughs) Okay. What is, okay. (laughs) What the fuck? Mary says they've got a connect. We've got a connection, you and me, you know, the church stuff and the faith stuff. But then she asks how Heather's doing and Heather starts to talk about it. And she thinks, Mary says that Heather wants it all. She wants both sides. She wants the church, the community, but then she also wants her dark side. Wouldn't Mary say that? 
wouldn't Mary say that? And it, later in the conversation, when Heather's talking about how that's, you know, when, when it comes to a church, you don't speak out against the church. And Mary goes, oh, we forbid it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. I, this, go I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't even open that can of worms. Mary and the church, I can't even open right now. Mary confronts Heather, though, about the part that she wrote in her book about her. And it seems like it was something bad. Because Heather's like, everything was true. And Mary's like, no. The When Heather reads the excerpt, Mary was equal parts uninterested and forthcoming, engaging and disinterested. I think those are the adjectives. I agreed with anything and everything she said. And when she corrected my grammar, my pronunciation, my diet, and my physical appearance, I hung my head in shame and thanked her sincerely. Now, what Mary being like, you presented me like I'm some bougie, poised person. Lady, you are. You called to see if they had Dom Perignon. So, like, hello. And Mary's like, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh, did you guys see? Um, oh, my God. Did anyone else see the photos that came out of Mary's son? Okay, I was just about to say this. Did you guys see? Uh, her son and his wife are on their respective social media stories posting like with like six Xanax on her tongue or other pain pills and weed and all this stuff. It's in Mary's house. And Mary has acts. I'm sure Mary is blocked on all their stuff. I'm sure they have no way of seeing it uh, or she has no way of seeing it. But uh, yeah. Mary says that she does not care about, um, well, Mary says, she, I'm sorry, she does care about her. And Heather's like, yeah, we seem to be in a good place, but there were some harsh words exchanged. And Mary goes, what did you find harsh? Heather says, well, the inbred line, for one, do you think I look inbred? I do. I, I, but then she goes, did that bother you? Well, then let me apologize. Okay. 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 Anyway, end of that scene. Seth and Meredith record their podcast and they, they get into this deep moment about how they got a, how Mary, Meredith got a post snub 15 years into their marriage because she was worried Seth was so disconnected. She was worried that he would leave her without their children in Park City or with their children in Park City. And she didn't want to have nothing. And Seth is like, you're right. I wasn't there emotionally. I was just focused on making money. And he cries and he apologizes. And Meredith goes, oh, my God, are we not recording? <laughs> relatable. Relatable. Okay. Monica's mom comes by her house. This is like Christmas or something. Comes by the house with the car. Says, I'm bearing gifts. It's like, that's my car and my family car. And she admits, I took the car just to get your attention. Oh, dark. Linda, though, she's doing the full, like, Ramona eyes. I clearly have some skills to learn. I was serious about therapy, Monica. Monica's like, I got to think about it. You better get to walk in. It's cold out. And then just <laughs> makes Linda walk home. Dude. Lisa shows up early for Heather's book event to do like a mic check, the whole deal. Cause I forgot to mention that when Lisa was at Whitney's, Heather called to be like, would you be down? 
Now, you cannot tell me that this was not an intentional revenge situation because Heather started her choir and she thought, oh my God, this is my thing. Lisa shows up, sings Away in a Manger. It's bec- it's considered iconic. She gets a whole Christmas album released by Bravo. Heather said, this will not land. I can promise you that. But you know what? <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. So I'm convinced this whole thing was a setup to make Lisa look bad because we would love it. As a, a, a group of Bravo-holics would be like eating it up. But I, yeah, the, this, this crew didn't know about it. But anyway, before that even happens, Monica pulls over Meredith to talk about what happened at the PRISM event. And the way she claims that Lisa said to her directly, your mom doesn't even want you, isn't totally accurate. It's still bad. It's still bad, but it's not totally what happened. But Meredith goes, your exact words to me where you react rather than respond. If you could try to give a response rather than a reaction, I think you'll have more success. And Monica, yeah, that sounds healthy. So I probably won't do it. She's funny. I hate saying that, but she's funny. When Lisa's performing, both Angie and Monica are snickering. And I'm like, Angie, what are you doing? By the way, the name of Heather's choir is Loco Vocals. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. But they they come out. And as soon as Heather said, let's give Lisa a beat. I, I, (laughs) I genuinely was afraid. I was like, abort, put the microphone down and run out of the room, Lisa. Because then Lisa raps. I felt bad for her. Heather reads an excerpt from her book. And then after Lisa and Heather talk and have a good moment, I think Heather felt good about it. Um, Heather says that she wants to be validated, that the rules do exist for some people. And Lisa's like, oh, my God, is that what this is about? Yeah. I mean, people who live in Utah, the people who are raised here have it different, grow up here, have it different. I don't raise my kids like that. Okay. that To me, that doesn't really, like, make sense. Like, what? Hi, Max podcaster drama during BravoCon. What happened? Tell me. Give me deets. I don't know. Um, it was pretty drama-free for me, so kind of boring. On that on that side, I mean. Meredith, Angie, and Monica are like standing in like a circle or something, and Monica's like, have you guys even spoken? And they're like, nope, we're just standing here awkwardly not speaking, having not spoken since that whole thing went down. And Angie goes, okay, look, Meredith, I didn't appreciate, you know, you threatening my family. And Meredith in her British accent says, I am not threatening your family. Angie says, you said you could ruin my family, but I'm not going to. Big difference. (laughs) Big difference. Yeah, I think it's actually the same thing. Angie, well, you don't have the power to ruin my family. And now Meredith's like, you're right, Angie. I don't. I don't. You're right. I don't. She kind of apologizes, and I'm sorry. What else would you like from me to move on? Angie says, I've moved on, Meredith. And Meredith says, good. And then there's like this awkward moment, and she goes, and then I will be moving on from this as well. And then she walks away. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Angie goes, okay, last scene, Angie goes over to Lisa's house. And Angie doesn't deny that she has said things about Monica, but she talks about how they sat down one-on-one, -on -one, talk about Easter. And she does take responsibility because maybe she's been wishy-washy at times. Maybe I've been afraid to be clear with you. And I would think, I just wished in this moment, Lisa had been like, okay, maybe I'm a little, because I think Lisa's fight or flight is like really triggered right now because she's all, Lisa has been the outcast in every season. Um, like Jen did it, not maybe not season one, but since then. And so I think she's in major trigger fight or flight reactive mode. And so instead of her being like, okay, look, I can be a little, I think I'm a lot, I'm a lot right now. Instead, she's like, why would you be afraid to be clear? Angie's like, well, you know, you were just really upset when I went over to Heather's. Lisa says, your insecurities and telling me stuff is not my problem. Oof. Oof. Lisa's confessional. Sorry, no, you're weak, you're afraid, and you're a liar. Now, when you do the confessional, that is after the fact. So are things still not good? Lisa says, you're projecting that onto me. I got upset because she apologized to you for, you know, you taking a beating, but she's never apologized to me. That's what triggered it. Lisa, how do you think it feels for me, she says, to find out my friends are hiding things? <laughs> I'm transparent with you. I'm an open book. She's not saying she's hiding things. She's, But Angie, does, I have to say, I think Angie is correct to take the level of responsibility that she does because I will tend to do this where I will avoid being honest with someone because I'm afraid of how they react. But that's on me. It is. It is on me. You know, so Angie is like, look, I, I realize that it is not your responsibility for me not telling you things. But then Lisa does soften a little bit. After she like gets it out, she's like, I was never mad at you, you know, but I'm still healing from some things, but like, I don't want you to feel like you can't tell me things. So maybe this will be a breakthrough. Maybe, you know? Oh my God. We're done. I, I talked way too long about that Lindsay podcast. Okay. What's happening in the chat? What are we talking about? We don't need to feel bad for Lisa. She is blissfully unaware of how she comes across. It is so true. I envy people who are unaware. I just envy it. I'm so jealous of it. Hi, BKW Ninja. I don't know if I'm allowed to say your real name, but hi. Uh, what season of Teen Mom are you covering? Callie asked me. I will get into that. And I'm not going to cover a full season. I'm going to do, because I literally watched from the first episode all the way through to current. So I'm going to do like one big, just teen mom talking about it all episode. And if there is a new um, season coming up, I haven't been, the next chapter is to me the weakest of all of the teen mom iterations. I got to say, it's my, my least favorite format of all of them. I don't like how they do the video chat. Um, anywho, we call them, we call them covert narcissists. Are you talking about, um, what Lisa is? I don't know if I would call Lisa, maybe she is a narcissist. She's not toxic like that though. Um, Callie, are there new episodes this week? Are there, is there a new season? I thought we watched, 
Oh, I forgot they do mid-season reunions. Was that what that was? Was that a mid the, the amount of content Teen Mom puts out? It's crazy. MTV it never sleeps, honestly. I did not realize there were new episodes of Teen Mom. I saw the reunion and uh you know. Anyway, back to what I was saying about how I wish I was I wish I was unaware. I'm so hyper aware and probably aware of things that aren't even real, you know, it's like so obnoxious, drives me nuts. I'm envious. I'm envious of people like that. I had a, I had a, I was an assistant to a director and she was one of those people who would like be about to walk off a cliff and I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'd pull her back and she just wouldn't even acknowledge I saved her life. One of those, like that type of thing. Carol Radzewell is like that. Carol Radzewell is just like that. Okay. You know, honestly, she, she, it, it's like the like, hippie, like unaware, but it's also kind of annoying. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. Guys, do you have any questions for me? I know you've already started asking some. Uh, if you have any questions for me, let's, let's do it. Let's do a little Q and A. If you don't have any questions, so totally fine. Um, this has been so fun. Like I said, if you're, if you're late joining or if you're listening and watching, I'm going to repeat it again. I'm going to be going live to recap Potomac on Mondays at 3 PM Pacific time, Salt Lake city on Wednesdays, 3 PM Pacific time. And then I'm going to do a new Friday roundup, a freestyle of like all the stuff that maybe I didn't get to non Bravo stuff, of course, to anything can be thrown in there. Um, uh, that will be Fridays at 3 p.m. PT. Caitlin asks, did you talk to any Bravo lebs directly at BravoCon? No. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, no, not like in a, con not in a conversational type of way. No, not, not really. Um, it just, it was such a different layout than ever before. The, the Bravo lebs were much more like sequestered away from us. And if they were out amongst us, they were like having meet and greets and saying hello to people and taking pictures. And like, there would be like, no, like it was a scheduled thing, not just like, that's what they were doing. Um, and I didn't really go seeking them out, to be honest. Part of me probably was subconsciously a little freaked out that they'd be like, I know you. Like when I saw Meredith. <laughs> Like when I saw Meredith, uh, my friend John wanted to stop to say hi to her. And I was like, I, ca I cannot. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know. She's like, I remember you. I should have done Meredith to Meredith. I should have been like, hi, Meredith. How are you? I should have done that. But I don't have the, I don't have the balls to do that at all. Um, Jess Kelly asked, would love your thoughts on the VPR trailer. Which, wait, did that drop? Or just are you or are you just talking about the one that um uh came out, like the one from BravoCon? Because if a trailer dropped today, I'm telling you now, I'm fucked. Cause I gotta get on that. I'm so behind. Uh, will you be doing Dancing with the Stars lives anymore? No, honestly, they're just really, they take up a lot of time. And I was realizing that I don't have all those hours just to sit on a live and watch. So no, unfortunately, thank you to those who did tune in and also John and it was hard for all of our schedules. Um, I don't think I would be covering Dancing with the Stars again. Maybe if it gets further in, maybe I will. And I will obviously announce it. Maybe if, if she gets towards the end, 
I don't really know. I haven't even I, I I don't even watch in real time anymore, which is bad. Okay. Um no trailer. Just okay, so Jess Kelly, you meant you meant just the Vanderpump rules, like the little clip. Um, yeah, no, I uh I really did not like the amount of like self-helpy shit we got to we had to see from Tom where he's like where he's like lifting his head up and it's all wet and his hair is all wet or he's screaming in some fucking meditation. Uh I don't need to see that, buddy. Okay. It's like you're not finding yourself, you're not figuring anything out. I don't need to see that. I did enjoy though seeing how like Sheena's gonna talk to him and they're gonna hug and stuff. And that with the fact that Sheena was then hanging out with Tom Sandoval in his penthouse. I know that's up for debate. I know a lot of people are like irritated. Like, can we move on? Let Sheena hang out with whoever? No, I'm I'm gonna be petty like that. Sheena should not want to be his friend. You know? So I'm excited because I think possibly. What I've been wanting for so long is I want Katie and Ariana to be the real besties besties because Katie is the one that stands for the stuff Ariana stands for. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I want I want Sheena, I want Sheena to get in a little bit of trouble with Ariana because I want Katie to take lead and have them be the besties. And Sheena, you know how I feel about Sheena. Okay. Okay. Let's see what else we have here. I wish Kate, I wish Caitlin would get some, this is about teen mom. I wish Caitlin would get some mental health help because continuing having kids isn't going to change her childhood or the relationship with her mother. Deep thoughts, girl. Honestly, seven children, seven, seven. She's good. Meredith better offer me her caviar. Um, I was, I don't know where I saw Teddy, like, in passing at one point. And I actually, she, I was like afraid. I was like, oh, she's just intense. She's just like a little intense, like, ugh. Okay. Which housewife from any franchise would you get rid of? And who would you want to come back out of X housewives? Who would I get rid of from a franchise? Um, let's go with current, obviously. Duh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be really bold because I'm very mad, mad at her and say Dorit. I'm mad at her, but I, I'll probably let that go. She just doesn't step up enough, but she may, maybe she will this season. I'm just really mad at her after that incident with Garcelle. I'm very upset with her about that. Very mad. Um, let's see who else is on right now on Miami. I wouldn't touch anything, even though Larsa is <sighs> Larsa is bad. <laughs> um, who else? What other shows are on Jersey? I would gut the whole freaking cast. Um, Potomac. Hmm. I know this is a very, this isn't popular, but I just, Wendy does not deliver enough for me. But after last season and how I just felt really bad for Wendy last season, I'd keep her around. I don't really think I'd have to get rid of anybody. But if I want to see someone come back, you know, I'm not one to do that, to be honest. Once they're gone, I don't really need to see them back again. Um, I I feel like they leave for a reason. Um, 
if long enough, if enough time has passed, like Alexis for Orange County would be kind of interesting because so much time has passed that she's like totally different. She's been living her life off the, off camera and she's got her, I think she has a trans son, I believe. And so that is, that could be fun. But if anyone who's like, just like, I'm not dying for Alexis to come back, but I do think that would be interesting. I don't want Gretchen back. Gretchen was annoying to me, but Alexis has had such a shift in herself. Um, ow. It was fun hanging out. I'm going to next year. Uh, someone, someone asked if next year, um, hopefully you'll be able to do it again with Kendrick and Pia talking about BravoCon. And I am definitely going to, Pia and I are going to go together next year. I missed her there so much. I wish she'd been there. And, um, yeah, I, I I'm never going to go without, without Pia, especially because anyone I saw who recognized me from the pod was like, what well, tell Pia I love her. And I'm like, I wish Pia was here. She'd have so much fun. So that definitely happening. Okay. Okay. People who would be your ultimate girls trip dream cast. Oh, I forgot about Portia. Thank you for reminding me. I, Portia, I would like to have back, but I don't know if we can afford it. Okay. My ultimate girls trip dream. It always changes. It depends on my mood. It depends on, um, I think that I would like to see LVP and Heather Debro. I want to see them somehow involved. Um, and then maybe like Yolanda too with that crew, with that crew of like, maybe this is like the glam cast, like the fancy pants cast. Yolanda, um, who else is super fancy? I could also go really, <laughs> I could go really messy and do like Danielle Staub. Um, maybe like fancy pants with someone, with, pe with people who are kind of cray, like a Danielle Staub. I do want to see Danielle on it. Although, wait, are you guys watching House of Villains? Because <laughs> she was wild. She was so Danielle. I don't know if they told her to act like this or what, but... She she has like a bit that she comes on and does she intro she intros like a challenge, um, and then uh, afterwards I can tell that they thought they were gonna wrap for the day because they wanted to go to bed. But Danielle makes them like give her a tour of the house and starts giving them advice they didn't ask for. <laughs> no, please, no, Danielle. That's funny. Uh, I know she said she wouldn't do. You think LVP would go back? Uh, LVP to Beverly Hills. Would LVP go back to Beverly Hills? I think if, um, I think, okay. Pia and I have already said this. We think we we're getting glimmers of hope with Kyle and LVP. There's glimmers of a possible reconciliation there. Just glimmers, but it's, we're, it seems like it could be, if once they made up, I could totally see LVP going back. And being so dramatic, making such a dramatic entrance, but it would be like fun and iconic. Uh, she's another one. It's been long enough, but she's also, she'd been on TV. No wonder she likes Vanderpump because they have to be nice to her. She likes that cast because, you know, that filming that is not going to be too difficult, even though maybe it gets a little heated at times, but nothing too much, you know? Uh, so I, th I think if she, if we can get her and Kyle to make up, maybe if this separation, with um, Mauricio came 
come to, to maybe if that really does happen, maybe that will will bring Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle closer, much like it's bringing Kyle closer with her sisters. So if that, you know, if that can change things, but um, Kyle is open to it. I know Kyle's open to it. And Jasmine, yes, Teddy would be pissed. That's also why, like, we want, I mean, we're so petty like that, but it's like she would just drive Teddy crazy. Crazy. Din says, Kyle is the star of the show now. If LVP comes back, it's all about LVP. I, I got to be honest. I think after this season where Kyle's going to be in the hot seat, I don't think she'll mind not being the star for a bit. I think she might have, <laughs> she might have uh, freaked out. Okay. I'm sure you've seen my comments on previous videos, but I will be four years sober in February, my birthday. That's when I started watching you. Ah, congrats on four years. And February is also my birthday, February 27th. So when's yours? I don't think LVP would ever do, would ever be that close to Kyle again, but it would be fun to watch. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, everyone wish Nisha a congratulations. Congrats, 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 Nisha. That's awesome. Okay, I think a two hour a two hour live is pretty fucking much. Thank you guys for uh, those of you who've been here from the beginning and stuck around. Um, next week, I don't think it'll be this long because I don't think I'll be covering the podcast like a podcast episode. Um, but I'm going to wrap us up, and I'm going to keep an eye out for a little poll or you know whatever, something I'm going to post up because on Friday, I'm going to do the roundup of all the stuff that happened in the week. And so if there's anything you want me to talk about, we will do that then. Okay. Oh, thanks you guys. No, I really appreciate you guys being here and your support. You guys are the best. Please tell everybody about this, like spread the word. I need to get my damn, I need to get my subscribers up on the YouTubes. I tell you on the, I need to get, I want to get up to at least 10, 10 K uh, somewhat soon. And I think that's what they say. They say doing these lives helps. So mwah, you guys have been so great. Jessica, thank you for moderating the chat. I really appreciate that. You are the best and love you guys mean it. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen? That would be amazing. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and hit that bell so you don't miss an episode. And if you're looking for more content, more exclusive bonus content, check out the Patreon. I post two exclusive episodes a month and I'm covering just the Bravo jams like Classic Roni, Atlanta, and of course Vanderpump Rules. If you just want to support the show, head to buymeacoffee.com slash shespeaksbravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. We also have merch available at shespeaksbravo.com. And if you're interested in hearing my takes on non-Bravo shows, check out my new podcast, She Speaks It All. I cover the challenge, drag race, and any other show I'm obsessed with that's not... Bravo. She Speaks It All is available everywhere you get your podcasts, just like this show. Make sure you're following me on the social medias. I am She Speaks Bravo across all platforms. Thank you so much for any support you give the show, even if it's just listening. Appreciate you. Love you. Mean it. I'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.